Welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Ian McKnight. I'm Andrew Nichols. And today on the show, we're talking about property versus shares versus balanced managed funds versus term deposits. Why are you laughing? Do you have to say balanced managed funds? Is it a necessary part of it? Well, I wanted them to know that it was balanced, unlike <laughs> myself. <laughs> so, oh, unfortunately, that's not even a lie. So today, we're going to follow up on yesterday's episode all about negative gearing. Because under current interest rates and conditions, many properties, if they're relatively highly geared, are going to have negative cash flow at least for the initial couple of years. And just for any new listeners of the show, where have you been for the last 937 episodes, eight episodes, but highly geared means that you've borrowed all the money to invest, which is most people who invest in property. Normally people leverage off their own house, borrow the deposit, and then borrow the balance against an investment property. So they're borrowing 100%. But if you are putting money into an investment property because the cash flow is negative and you're making that contribution, it's natural to ask, well, what else could I do with that money? That's a you very- should, You should ask that. Because you could put that money into shares, you could put that money into term deposits, you could put it into a managed fund. So I actually just asked the question that I was meant to you. <laughs> so when you're thinking about what are the alternatives, first you've got to think about how much money you're putting in. So when we're saying negatively geared, what we're talking about is your contribution towards owning that property. So normally the rent doesn't cover all of the expenses. It might cover the majority, but not all of the expenses, in which case your negative cash flow, so you're negatively geared, which sounds like a negative term, but... It's an investment. It's normal. Now, other thing that you also need to consider, if you're comparing shares and term deposits, these kinds of things, you also want to think about any cash deposit you're using. So let's say you do put in cash as your deposit for investment. You want to think, well, what is the alternative use for it? So what have we done? Look, I've done what I always like to do. Hang on. Before you jump ahead there, there, just one thing. If you're borrowing your deposit against your own house or another rental property, you don't count that because you'd never borrow that money and then invest it in shares. That would be crazy. We're only talking about the cash that you're actually parting with, the money that you're actually putting in. So if it's real cash for your deposit and real cash for your contributions. So what have we done to help you figure out and compare shares and property? Look, we've built you a spreadsheet and all of you guys on YouTube, I'm going to share my screen and show you this. If you're listening to the audio version, you'll be able to find this on YouTube or hey, look, we're still going to explain it, show you what it means. So I have updated the return on investment spreadsheet that we always release. You can download this yourself at opuspartners.co.nz slash ROI. And I'll also link that in the show notes or in the description for you guys on YouTube. What version are we up to now, Ed? We are up to version 3.2. And what I've done is I've created it here and I'll hand over the reins to Andrew in a minute. But you can put in any property that you want to evaluate. And then what I've done, when you look at the really detailed forecasts for that property, you can then see that property versus shares, a balanced managed fund, term deposit, and the different things. Let me zoom in on that. So what's that actually showing us there, Ed? So the top line is the property. In this case, we're using Wrights Road. So over the 15 years, it's almost 500,000 worth of value to the investor, right? About 475K. Now, what it then looks at is if you took all of the money you put into that property, and in total, let's take a look at it, it's a total of about 62K worth of cash that you've got to put into that property over time, according to these assumptions. 62. Well, what what if you drip fed that money into shares? Well, hey, you know what you'd come out with? You'd come out with just over 100K. Okay, well, what if we put that money into a balanced managed fund going up at, I think we're using 4%. Okay, you'd walk away with about 
75 grand at the end of a 15 year period. If you put it into a term deposit, you probably look at about, looks like just over you know, 63 grand, 64 grand, not getting much of a return at there. Not huge. And so the reason I like this is because it allows us to look at, well, what happens if you did put that money into some alternative form of investment? Now, what I want to do as well is stress test this to talk about what that return would look like if you did a couple of different things. So, Andrew, talk to us about what would happen if you put in, say, a cash deposit in for this. And why don't you actually just talk to us about what sort of property we're, we're talking about here? Like, what is Wright's Road? Because okay, we've kind okay, of so I've jumped just, to the gun here. Okay, okay. So this is actually a property that a lot of our investors are looking at at the moment. So it's a two-bedroom townhouse, growth property in Addington, Christchurch. Purchase price, 629000 Firstly, borrowing 100%. So I'll show you this and then I'll show you with a cash deposit. So based on borrowing 100%, you'll be borrowing 632000 allowing for the cost, interest-only mortgage, $525 a week, and then all the normal costs. Okay, so we've got that preset there. And if we jump into the property forecast, so it's got your contributions, which you can see are negative, so it's a negatively geared property for the first 11 years, you're making a contribution there. But again, it's this comparison tool shows you, well, if you put that money into different categories of investment, what would that output be? And you can see, you know, the output on the property is huge. Now, the reason for that is because of leverage. The beauty of property is that you're using someone else's money, but we'll come back to that. Now, let me change this and let me put in a 20% deposit. So, 629000 times 20% deposit, $125,800. Then we jump back into that forecast. You'll see that those gaps get closer. So that means you do get more of an output from the shares. Now, if you're an investor who has actual cash as your deposit, then this is what it would look like. Again, for most investors that we see, you're borrowing the bank's money anyway. And the reason that those lines start to get closer, if you're putting in a cash deposit at the start, the reason that shares starts to look like it gets better return is that you've put in a lot of money at the start and over a 15 year period you're getting more compounding growth there. The other thing that's just important to point out as well is that if you put in a cash deposit you're not going to be contributing as much to that investment property over time. The cash flow is going to be better yeah. and that's why most of the growth in shares or a balanced managed fund is going to come primarily from that initial cash deposit. Still double the output on the property. Now, one thing that I just want to mention that some people, this this might get a bit nerdy, but I think you guys will be up for it. I'm going to take away that cash deposit from you, Andrew. And what I want to just show you is that you get a bit of an S-bend in the curve. So what I mean by that is it looks like shares start to increase in value quickly, and then their return starts to level off. While That's property, the share market crash, surely. Honestly, come up with some new jokes, mate. <laughs> Sorry. And then you see with property, it's still going up kind of in a bit of a J-curve. Now, the reason behind this is that if you have a negatively geared property, it tends to become less negatively geared over time. The cash flow improves. And so the reason that it looks like shares and balanced funds are increasing at a slower rate over time is simply that you're putting less cash in. So by the time you get to year 12, 13, 14, 15 with this property, what's happening? Well, you're not putting any more money in. And so the only increase in value from shares, balanced managed fund, et cetera, is coming from that asset increasing in value but of course with property because it's such a high value asset from the start you're still getting quite a bit of capital growth there which counteracts that impact 
Now, just before I go in and give you a couple of words of warning, I just want to show you what it would look like if we put this property on principal and interest. And actually, one really cool thing, which has just been released as part of 3.2 on this spreadsheet, which I hope you guys are as excited for as I am, is you can now make a property principal and interest at any time you want. Whereas previously, it was either interest only or principal and interest for 15 years in total. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to assume that this property has been on interest only for five years and then goes to principal and interest on a 25 year turn from year six onwards. So that is going to majorly impact the cash flow. It's going to make it way more negatively geared because you're on principal and interest. And I want to show you how even still, even in that scenario where you're putting in significant amount of cash into the property. At the end of it, what do you end up with property? 500k. What do you end up with shares? Like about 250k. So the magic in property really is that leverage. The fact that you are putting in a 20% deposit or you're borrowing a 20% deposit, but you're purchasing a much more valuable asset. In fact, we're preparing some speeches for the launch of our book, which is probably going to happen mid-year. And I'm actually considering putting in a love letter to leverage because (laughs) it's all all about leverage. This is not even a lie. I just and people are listening to this thinking they come up with such ridiculous things. This has seriously been floated with the guy that's guiding us with our speech. You don't think it's a good idea? No, I think it's a great idea. I mean, you should do everything that makes people realise how wacko you are. <laughs> um, can you go back now? Oh, are you gonna? Are you finished with your love letter or? No, 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 no. So that's the the love letter. But I want you to give us the word of warning about what we're looking at in front of us. No, I was about to go to that. Could you please, for our final scenario, people, I'd like (laughs) to actually, yeah, could you go back and just change it to normal, just interest only, because this is probably most investors, and make sure it's 100% borrowed. So again, an investor that's borrowing their deposit against existing rentals. Yeah. Now go back. Now I'd like you to change the shares, because you can change the return on the shares here, right? That's right. So just so everybody knows, we've used a 7.5% increase in value on shares. Now, just so you know where that is coming, from, I asked our resident investment genius, Ian Hamilton, who hasn't actually been on the show. You'd struggle to get him on. He wouldn't be interested. He likes to work behind the numbers. Yeah, so just- He's like the Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Well, just for context, Ian is like the smartest person I've probably ever met. Sorry? (laughs) (laughs) No, he is. You know, just for context, he's been managing funds over in Switzerland that are worth over a billion dollars in New Zealand dollars, investing in shares and and a whole heap of different assets to get investors' returns. He's been like literally billion-dollar funds. It's amazing. I said to him, you know, what rate should we use? And he said, well, based on your assumptions, I'd recommend you use 7.5% for global equities, shares, use 3.9% for a balanced managed fund, and use 2% for term deposit. All right, can you change shares to 15%? Make it double, because Ian is conservative as hell. So now go back, and I just want to see how that compares now. Look at that. Still doesn't even come close. Well, describe so, it for the podcast sorry, yeah, listeners. If you're listening at the gym, what you'll see now is, see, I can't see where that line is, Ed. I have to do this with my eye. 200, basically 225. the is 225 for shares, again, compared to 475 on property. Now, the reason for this is because the power of property is not actually property. It's the fact that you can borrow against it. You can borrow to invest in property, which is leverage. Tell me about the watermelons. 
<laughs> I said to Ed one day, if you could borrow... Set the t- scene for us. We were driving along in Queenstown. I don't remember. You tell me. I remember this. You were driving. I was in the back seat. Yeah. And probably telling you what you... We need to <laughs> go and how to drive. Yeah. <laughs> A classic back seat driver. And you're on the phone. I can't remember who it was to someone. And you started talking about watermelons. Yeah, that sounds like me. And then you said... If you could borrow against watermelons, we'd be selling those. Well, now I need to give some caveats against this. If you could borrow against watermelons, watermelons routinely increased in value slowly, but over the long term. And if you could earn some sort of return, if you could rent out your watermelons to somebody and they were a relatively stable asset, we would be recommending watermelons. Yeah, and the the point being, it's not even about the property. You want to get the property right. And that's why we've made this return on investment calculator. You want to be able to figure out which is the best property to invest in, but it's not so much about the property as the fact that you can take the bank's money to buy this investment. You can't do that with other assets. Now, one thing here, you could put in any dud property in here and look at it and go, wow, it's a better return than shares. That doesn't mean it's a good investment. Just because you get a better return than shares because you're leveraging doesn't mean it's the best use of your money in terms of comparing one property with the other. That's why this return on investment calculator works. First and foremost, you're supposed to put in a number of investments and see which is the best return on your money. So I think the key thing there is, look, while we definitely believe that property, when used in the right way, set up the right way with the right investment is better than shares, not every property is naturally going to be the best investment. You know, you've got to figure out what's going to be the right one for you and your portfolio. But that's why we've built this. Now, next step for you, I really want you to download the spreadsheet. I want you to play around with it and I want you to let me know what you think. The link is going to be down in the description if you're watching this on YouTube or down in the show notes if you're listening to the audio version or just go to opuspartners.co.nz slash ROI stands for return on investment. You'll be able to download this absolutely for free. And I tell you what, I sometimes go to sleep thinking about this. Oh, well, I, I, mean, I know that there are some very serious investors that listen to the show that have said they have tried all the different spreadsheets around and ours is the best. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Kat. I was going to say <laughs> thank you, Kat. <laughs> So good. Right, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. really does help us get the message out to more people. Yeah, I did say it there. That's how they know we're all alive. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Edward Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the new property market. Until next time.